there is something that many of us do not feel comfortable talking about. I hear it all the time, at a wedding, at a line at the Kiddush, at a bar mitzvah, or in my study. And when someone Jewish finds out that I'm a rabbi, this strangely familiar discussion ensues. The Jew looks at me sheepishly and tells me that they're Jewish. They may even be a proud Jew. They may have grown up in the synagogue, gone to religious school, but there's just that one thing that they don't believe in or they don't feel comfortable about. And before they can finish the sentence, I know what they're going to say. They whisper, they act ashamed, as if it's a secret. And they tell me that they're a bad Jew because they don't really believe in God. And I know, just sitting here on this holiest day of the year, some are shocked, dismayed, in total disbelief, to hear me say that there are Jews among us in this room (laughs) who are uncomfortable with the G word. Of course, there are a range of beliefs and Jewish practice. Many of you pray occasionally, some of you on a regular basis. A host of you have felt a closeness to a force larger than yourself. Some may think that they have no relationship with God whatsoever, but they've been moved to do something good, even though it was not necessarily in their own best interest. Let me ask you a few questions. Raise your hand if you have ever questioned if there is a God. Raise your hand if you've ever been a bit uncomfortable talking about God. If you've been uncomfortable using human terms to refer to God. Now raise your hand if you've done something good for someone else simply because you felt obligated to do it. You felt a certain responsibility in this world. Raise your hand if you've ever felt a closeness to a force larger than yourself. That's a lot of hands. What's going on here? How is it that we're all here on Yom Kippur, in a room filled with people of faith, yet many of us grapple with the idea of God? And God is not a small part of the conversation in this country. It's everywhere. It's in sports, in entertainment, on the news. It's on the bumper stickers that say, believe and be saved. Yet many 21st century Jews feel alienated from the God concept and worry that there's something wrong with this feeling. Are we the first generation of Jews to feel uncomfortable with the idea of God? No. Many Jews of this generation are estranged in their relationship to God because the God that we hear about in popular culture is not one that we identify with. Indeed, in Reformed congregations, we often find ourselves veering away from substantive discussions of God, and instead, we focus on the importance of action, the importance of tikkun olam, without any explanation 
of why we actually do the action. Our own Rabbi Pierce, he says that some in the Reform movement who want serious worship and theology have felt compelled to go elsewhere. That show of hands in this room, it revealed that many of us have been feeling like outsiders when it comes to the idea of God, even though many have a wide range of ways that they experience a transcendent force in their lives. And guess what? This is not new. We've been doing this for thousands of years. Jews have felt conflicted when it comes to talking about God. This is not a Gen X issue or a baby boomer issue or the greatest generation issue. We've been doing this for a long time. Look at our history. Our ancestors grappled and struggled with God. So when we want to look at our own relationship, we have to understand where we came from to comprehend how we got here. Rabbi Richard Levy states that names found in the Torah reveal a great deal. We were called the people of Israel long before we were ever called the Jewish people. Jacob went into the desert to confront his brother Esau the night before their meeting. And as the sun went down and it became dark and Jacob could no longer see, he began to wrestle with a man. And the Torah never tells us who the man is. It just says that he wrestles all night long. And right before the sun comes up and Jacob could see again, the man says that he has to go. And Jacob pleads to know who he's been wrestling with. He's been told that he's been wrestling with the divine. Now Jacob had neither dominated nor lost to the divine. What he had done was that he had wrestled with something that he could not see. His reward was that his name was changed from Jacob to Israel. And from that point on, all of us in this room became known as the people of Israel, literally the people who wrestle with God. We are unique in this way. Islam means submission to God. Christianity's core concept is unquestioning belief in God. Judaism is about wrestling with God. Very different approaches. We only have one line in the whole Torah where God reveals God's name. Moses asked God what he should tell the people God's name is when he goes to free them from Egypt. And God says, Ehyeh asher ehyeh. I am what I am. Totally befuddled, Moses says to God, Really? You want me to go to the people of Israel, tell them I'm going to free them in Egypt, and I was sent by I am. This is not a name. For us Jews, we cannot simply just accept or reject a singular idea of God. To develop a mature approach to God and faith, we must engage the unknowable. We must wrestle with the mystery because engagement forms the foundation of Jewish thought. The rabbis clearly understood that the Torah took the position that there was a God. There was one God. And that one God was incomparable in majesty and totally different from us. But when it came to their theology, they were not dogmatic. The rabbis will often deeply contradict each other on teachings of theology with no attempt 
to resolve their differences. What they all had in common was that they were wrestlers. Even when the text challenged their worldview, they did not abandon the text. We don't do that. Rather, they dug in and they struggled with the ideas even more. In the year 40 CE, Philo argued that if God is the infinite, then we, the finite, cannot even talk about the infinite. We cannot talk about God or give God a name. In the 13th century in Cordoba, Spain, Maimonides argues that when one reads in the Torah and finds human characteristics associated with God, we cannot read them literally. We must read them metaphorically. In the 14th century, the Kabbalist tradition asserted that God is totally unknowable and referred to God as the Ein Sof. Literally, there is no end. And although there are disagreements among these scholars about the nature of God, what they all agree about is that what we don't know about God far outweighs what we do know. But after countless centuries of wrestling with not knowing, something radical happened to the people of Israel. In the late 18th century, Jews became increasingly integrated into a Christian-dominated society that crisply defined God and demanded belief. You are a Christian because you believe. We transitioned from living in a world that accepted and advocated, grappling with the unknowable mystery that encompassed everything, to living within a societal expectation that there's a knowable idea of God. Living in a predominantly Christian society, we've learned to speak the same vernacular, but our religious language does not translate. For millennia, we would not dare try to speak the name of the unnameable. Now we live in a society that constantly utters the name of God. We see bumper stickers and we hear preachers that urge us to believe in a knowable and a definable God. All around us are concepts that are foreign to the people of Israel, foreign to us, the people who wrestle with God. The people of Israel have never had images on the walls of our sanctuaries. Look around. Look. This isn't coincidence. We did this on purpose. Because if we have images, it can lead us to think that we know the unknowable. Living in a world of mystery is our tradition, as uncomfortable as it may seem. But the unknowability of God does not mean that God does not matter. That the idea of God can simply be pushed aside. Because God does matter. Deeply. In fact, our covenantal relationship with God is the core of our tradition. We cannot know God, but we are defined by our covenant with God. How can this be? The seeming paradox can be examined through the idea of emunah, faith. The 19th century American philosopher William James states that faith is not a claim that a thing is certain. Faith is the force that enables us to act with certainty that something is possible. For example, I make tshuva with my loved ones, not because I know that our relationship will heal, but because I have faith to act with certainty 
that there's a possibility that it may heal. I'm going to share two pathways that help me define my own personal faith and help me to understand our covenantal responsibility as Jews. Over the millennium, Judaism has developed many different pathways to God. But today, I'm just going to share two. The first path is transcendence. Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel understands transcendence as seeing past one's own individual self, not separate, but rather a part of the great everything. Rabbi Heschel writes that the power of religious truth is in one word, transcendence. A genuine insight opens the heart and bestows on man the power to rise above himself. For Rabbi Heschel, faith, our connection to God, arises from our ability to see beyond ourselves, to find our connection to the wider universe. I came from the great everything, and the atoms that comprise my body will return to the great everything. This life is just one small moment in the face of eternity. Being alive as Ryan Bauer just means that I have individuated from the rest of the universe and have consciousness. But as my life ends, the atoms that comprise my body will return to the earth from dust to dust. And at that point, I'm no longer individuated, but I return to the great everything. This brings me comfort. Because if I am just Ryan Bauer, then when I end, everything ends. But because I am part of the infinite, my death is simply a return to where I came from. And the infinite goes on. As I reach the end of my life, it's traditional for the last words out of our mouths to be, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Listen, Israel, you people who wrestle. The Lord is our God, and we are part of the one. The second path of faith that defines my relationship to God is naturalism. We may be led on this path by Rabbi Mordechai Kaplan, the founder of the Reconstructionist movement. Naturalism begins with the idea that the natural world is a closed system and that things outside of that system have no effect, that there is no supernatural control over the movements of this world. Therefore, we do not pray to a supernatural force, beseeching it to intervene in worldly affairs. Instead, according to Kaplan, our job as Jews is to both bring moral responsibility and action into this world and to also reawaken that in the rest of the world. I don't believe that prayers to a supernatural forest will bring about change. Praying to be forgiven by those that I hurt will not cause healing. But asking them? It just might. Therefore, causing healing in this world, to kunolam, is the power of the divine in all of us. While many would consider Kaplan's naturalist approach to be a contradiction to Heschel's transcendent one, 
I see the two of these as deeply integrated. A naturalistic one carries a huge responsibility. It is our obligation to act with certainty of the possibility that we can improve things and not to rely on an external supernatural force to bring justice and morality to the world. Just as I am responsible for my children because they are a part of me, I'm also responsible for the homeless man in the Trader Joe's parking lot because he's not separate from me. He's a part of me, and therefore, I am a part of him. Being a Jew means that you're commanded to engage into kun olam, repairing the world. This is not an abstract concept. Instead, it is a personal responsibility. Since I am individuated and I am part of the great everything, I am obligated to act for good and to bring good to this world. Reminiscent of the prayer book admonition to pray as if everything depends on God, but to act as if everything depends on you. Because it does. When it comes to God, we the people of Israel, can feel like foreigners in 21st century America because we've forgotten our long, complicated relationship to God. But we are not foreigners. We're home. You're home if you cannot find a single name for your concept of God. Then you have your feet firmly planted in the Torah. If you find that language does not always seem to fit your idea of God, then you're like Philo. If you have a hard time reading the text on a literal level, then you're like the Rambam. If you feel uncomfortable with imagining a God as a static and a finite figure, then you're like the Kabbalists. If you feel like you are part of something much greater than your own individual self, then you have your feet rooted in the mystical mind of Rabbi Heschel. If you feel an obligation to care for this world and for others because without you, the world will not change, then you stand with Mordechai Kaplan. Your Jewish memory is awake. You are home. Being a good Jew has never been based upon a belief in a knowable God. It was always about having faith in the possibilities that compels us to act. The people of Israel have never had the job of simply accepting or even agreeing with one another, for that matter, and neither is that your job. Today, I've shared with you my theological path. But that's all it is. It's mine. Your job is to find yours. It's why Rabbi Mintz told you on Erev Rosh Hashanah to call us to come into our studies and to ask us questions. It's why Rabbi Fenvis told you to go home and to figure out why you choose to be Jewish. It's why Rabbi Jaffe told you about the Keva program and why we'll send a teacher to you wherever you are so that you can figure out your path. And as our own Rabbi Pira says, you do not need to go elsewhere to find serious worship and serious theology. The people of Israel's great task has been to wrestle. 
to grab a hold of the divine and to force it into the world. As we begin the new year, let us return to the darkness of that night in the desert, where once again we find our true identity as Jews, where we become who we are, the people of Israel.